Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Liberals are upset. Grab your bourbon. Drink to their tears. How dare Patrick McHenry, the interim House Speaker, the Speaker Pro Tem, how dare he evict Nancy Pelosi from her private Capitol office? It's petty. It's a D move. I'll let you fill in the D. It's authoritarian. You reneged on a deal. That's what happened. I mean, if we want to get into the down and the dirty and the nitty and gritty, I don't think it makes Kevin McCarthy look good at all, actually. I think it actually puts more fuel to the fire of the people who say, good riddance, McCarthy. You didn't deserve to be speaker to begin with. But you want to talk about a down and dirty deal. Let's talk about how the sausage gets made, shall we? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, 833-468-8669, 833-GOT-TONY. That's the number. That's how you get to be a part of the show. Here's how it went down. Between... Nancy Pelosi, and Kevin McCarthy. Goes like this. Nancy, you will not believe how difficult it is for a guy like me. Kevin, what's the problem? I was speaker for forever. It was a piece of cake. Everybody did everything I said. If they didn't do everything I said, boom, next thing you know, they weren't a member of Congress anymore. I got somebody else to replace them. So what, you, you, you had them taken care of? Well, not taken care of, taken care of. I mean, seriously, people would notice those kinds of things. But I can kneecap somebody. You know, my daughter once said, I could cut somebody's head off before they even knew it. I don't want to brag or nothing, but I'm very, very good with a cleaver. Nancy, I got a problem. Kevin, my boy, what's your problem? What can I do for you? How can I help you? How can I, the godmother, show you the way? Well, here's my problem. Here's my problem, Nancy. Nancy, it's my problem. I got a problem. Nancy, here's my problem. Let me tell you my problem, Nancy. Nancy, listen to this problem. You ain't going to believe this problem. What a problem this is. My goodness gracious. Nancy, here's my problem. I got myself a Republican conference, a Republican caucus, you call it a caucus, a conference, a conference, a caucus, doesn't matter what you call it, it's a pain in my ass is what I call it. <laughs> I, I kid, I kid, I kid. They're all wonderful people. They really are. Conservatives, too. Listen to my problem, Nancy. They want to be able, they want to be able to just, uh, just be able to have a motion to vacate. Motion to vacate, Kevin? What are you talking about, motion to vacate? I never heard a motion to vacate. Well, you never heard anything in your, uh, conference there, uh, Nancy. You were an authoritarian thug, and anybody who went against you, they got whacked. Well, I don't want to say whacked, but certainly they didn't come back no more. So here's my problem, Nancy. They want to have a motion to vacate where one person, let's say Matt Gates. Which one is which one is Matt Gates, Kevin? You know, Nancy, the one with the hair. The one with the, the, one with the hair. You know, it kind of like, it's it's kind of like Johnny Bravo met, a, met, a, met, met a George Clooney and uh, Oh Brother Where Art Thou. Oh! Matt Gates! That guy. Hoy! Hoy! All right. Could you say it again? Hoy! Listen to me, Nancy. He wants to be able to have this thing where he just stands up and says, you, out, and all of a sudden, I gotta go. What do you think of that, Nancy? Oh, Kevin, I think that's ridiculous. I think that's crazy. But look, if, if, if that's what you gotta do, if that's what you gotta do to be speaker, uh, then, uh, you know, that's what you gotta do. So listen to me. Here, here, here's, here's what we'll do. 
You you go along with it, Kevin. You go along with it. whatever they say. You say yes, because you know what the key is. The key is to be speaker. Once you're speaker, you're speaker, and you and you, oh, you got a nice parking spot. Oh, it's such a party, and then everybody calls you speaker. It's super fun. And but but if anybody tries to do that to you, they try to do that motion to vacate stuff. Don't you worry. I know where you where you're going. I've been where you're going. I've been. All right, we got a little thing together. Right, I won't let it happen. I'll back you up. I'll back you up. So if anybody tries to vacate or anything else, I'll be right there to say no, no, no. Kevin's the speaker of the house. Don't be ridiculous. Don't what are you what are you being a what are you being a fool for? You being a fool? You mean you're insulting your mother's memory the way you acted? It's just wrong. It's disgusting. You do that for me, Nancy. Kevin, I'll do that for you. But do me a favor. You see this nice office I have, Kevin? I'd like to keep that for a while. Nancy, for you, you stay in that office. It's fine. You know what? I'm going to send you a couple of bottles of something really nice to share it with friends. You enjoy that office. That's what happened. That was the deal created. He went to her and said, do you believe this nonsense? And she said, don't worry about it. Just do it. Be speaker. And I'll back you up. The people who wanted McCarthy out will now, you can actually hear them screaming, who would trust Nancy Pelosi? Are you out of your mind? I don't really have time for that. You don't trust Nancy Pelosi? What kind of crazy person would? She hasn't proven the level of partisan that she is? Has she shown herself to be decent on any level? Never. Never. You create a deal with her. You get what you deserve. Well, Gates engages the motion to vacate. Kevin McCarthy is removed as speaker. And just as quick as that, Pelosi... And Steny Hoyer, who has been the number two in the House for forever under Pelosi, they're out of their comfy offices. They're out of these special offices, these hideaway offices. They received notice from uh, McHenry that the hideaway office had been reassigned for speaker office use. The The email then reads, please vacate the space tomorrow. The room will be rekeyed. Damn. Now, if you ask me whether or not I'm worried about Nancy Pelosi's office. F these people. I don't believe I am. But Democrats are going to say that it's petty? Oh. Oh, you pathetic children. This is the way it is. This is nothing. Now, you're going to say to me, You mean this is the only punishment they get? They lose their offices? You catch on fast. You catch on fast. The left can pull a fire alarm to stop a vote, and everyone in the Democratic Party goes, huh, give a little shoulder shrug, eh, little shoulder shrug. You know what I mean? Huh? Eh, well, you see, you see, the problem is he panicked. What, what, do, you, what do you mean he panicked? Uh, Jamal, Jamal, he panicked. He panicked? He couldn't get out a door? Well, you know, it's, look, he, 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 these things, 
These things they have. You know what Nancy Pelosi always says? People are going to do what they do. Wait, that's not a that's not an excuse. Look, why are we still talking about it? You're only bothered by this because he's black. Wait, what the world is that? He pulled the fire. We're done with you, racist. And that was the end of the conversation. Why don't you deal with the Nazis in your party? Which is actually something as a bullet point that Jamal Bowman's team and office put out to the rest of the Democratic caucus on how to deal with the backlash from what it is he did that is indeed a crime and he should be expelled from the House for it. He pulled it on purpose. Anybody who says otherwise is a lying freak. Pulling a fire alarm. <laughs> Telling somebody they no longer have a nice office. That is a real problem. Ooh, we're going to have to uh, going to have to do uh, stories about this. Oh, we're going to have to talk about Republican pettiness. These people are insane. This is the, the, it on CNN right now. Why Democrats didn't help McCarthy and other questions answered. And it's an analysis. And then why was Pelosi evicted? What happens next? Pelosi having to move an office doesn't mean anything. At my home, not, not my home studio where, where I do the radio show from home, but at, at, at my my flagship, right, where, where, where my, my career really started, 93.1 FM WIBC in Indianapolis. I have an office. It's on the fourth floor. I have an office. I don't, I don't know why. I'm never there. But I have an office. If I got a call tomorrow that they moved my office to a, to a closet on the third floor, it wouldn't matter. But let's say you keep it on the same floor. No, we just moved you down to the end. No, we needed you over here because we needed these people over here and those people over there. Okay. Who decided Pelosi gets such and such an office? Who decided that Pelosi deserves something special? She's not special. Nothing about her is special. The problem is that the Republican Party can't actually use this to their advantage because to do so is to admit that McCarthy made a deal for protection. He made a deal for protection. Now, I would argue that that is quite literally the dumbest thing I've ever heard. But what I it, it, it immediately triggered in me is, as I'm about to say that, well, that's the dumbest thing. Oh, wait a second. Has this ever been done before? That's the dumbest thing. I Wait a second. Are there any other deals that exist like that right now? That's the dumbest. Who else could have a deal like this? And and based on on what? If I had been running for Speaker of the House, I would have made the same deal that Kevin McCarthy did with the Republican caucus. Not worrying about whether or not Nancy Pelosi had my back. But there would have been no part of me that could have ever considered that Pelosi would have my back. Which really gets us into... What happens in Washington, D.C.? Remember always 
that we see these people on TV, we see these people in a soundbite, and and we we can easily uh, put them in in, in, a, in a, a series of boxes, in a series of, of checklists, and paint them and categorize them. In the halls of Congress, they see each other every day. Hey, Nancy. Hey, Kevin. Hey, how are the kids feeling? I heard that little little Tommy was sick. And relationships do grow. They find themselves working on a piece of legislation on a national defense or cybersecurity or something else. And they, they, you know, teams are working together. Hey, I need to ask you a question about uh, HR 423. All right, what do you got? And boom, boom, boom. Their relationships are, are, are real because you have relationships with your coworkers. You have relationships with your coworkers. Could a relationship be so cordial that you're just chatting about something and you would take them to their word that they'd actually be there for you because they, they, they don't want to see the mess. They don't need the mess. And it, it, it shows that everything they say on TV and everything they say to CNN and MSNBC and Fox, it's all just garbage. It's all just for us. It's not real. See, the problem with making a deal with Nancy Pelosi is that you trusted Nancy Pelosi. But maybe you trusted Nancy Pelosi because you actually did have a relationship behind the scenes with Nancy Pelosi. And how many Republicans and Democrats actually do have relationships with each other? And therefore, when they say something on TV, they're not actually addressing the relationships they have. They're lying to us to make sure that their base is ginned up to come out and vote for them. And it is at that moment where people say, where's my bourbon? And they give up. Because they'll say to themselves, well, then what the hell is the point? They're not mad at each other, but they want me to be mad at everybody. They're not mad at each other. They want me to be mad 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. They hang out and have drinks, smoke cigars together. They want me to hate my fellow man. And they go on these cable networks that are designed to have me hate my fellow man. The cable networks that are designed with hosts who profit from telling you that if you like your neighbor because they have a Trump flag or a rainbow flag in their driveway, you're a terrible person. And what happens when a society becomes completely disillusioned that no one is being honest with them? It's weird to take a story that is so flip and so glib. Liberals are upset that Nancy Pelosi has been moved out of her office. Oh, screw her. She doesn't deserve an office. She gets the office we give her. She's a public servant. She's lucky she gets chairs. And how once you break that down, bit by bit and piece by piece, and you take it down its natural place about how all these things happened. God, you really do feel like you're getting played, man. You feel like you're getting used because, and I never talk this way, you are. I, I I never actually feel that way, and I don't really talk that way because I I I think I'm aware of what's happening.
And and if anything, I, I, I only hope if you aren't already, you're aware of what's happening. When when we vote, when we fight, we, we do the best we can with the hopes that we'll get the best results. Sometimes you only get some results. And then you just got to keep fighting and you got to keep replacing until you get a better result. That is the only advice I can give. That, and of course, uh, drink the bourbon responsibly. I'm Tony Katz, and this is Tony Katz Today. Well, the markets are not necessarily in great shape right now. You've got the Dow down 113. You've got the NASDAQ down 73. And you have layoffs that are continuing. 900 layoffs between GM and Ford. This because, of course, the strike, which is still going on. And by this time tomorrow, by this time tomorrow, we should see more. I think there's like 24,000 UAW workers on strike right now. They've been doing this piecemeal, unique strategy. It's not usually done this way. It's not usually done this way at all. They usually pick one target. Um, this is uh, going after all three at once. Just different. And doing it, dripping it along, making the pain grow and grow so the strike goes on for weeks and months. I do not know whether Sean Fain, the president of the United Auto Workers, is actually making headway with the big three. Now, he's not the one who does the day-to-day negotiating, uh, 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 of course. He's just not that that guy. But... He's and I don't think he comes across as a nice guy. I think he comes across as a giant, uh, a giant jerk who got picked last for kickball. Like, like that's how it, that's how he comes across to me. But the strategy is fascinating. I just don't know if it's going to work. I don't know if there's a moment where the big three are like, you know what, we'll just lock you out, then we'll get this done. I don't know if it's coming to. But they've laid off in Parma, Ohio. They've laid off in Marion, Indiana. Um, they have shut plants in Michigan and in Ohio uh, and in Missouri. This is not going to make the markets feel better by any stretch. And tomorrow we will have uh, the, the latest uh, jobless numbers, latest unemployment numbers. Um, that's going to come out. The, the numbers that came out from ADP, right? That never, never, never trust those. Never, ever trust those. But I mean, this is only part of what's going on in America. Of course, we always keep up with Bidenomics, and we always keep up with the border. And there has been a remarkable development regarding the border and the Biden administration, which involves building the wall. You are not going to believe it when you hear it. I will get to that story. Kurt Schlichter, who is a retired United States Army colonel, author. Uh, you see his work at townhall.com. His latest book, Overlord, available at amazon.com. Talked about who's going to replace McCarthy as speaker. 
That's coming up next. This is Tony Katz today. Earlier today, I was speaking with Kurt Schlichter. He is a lawyer by trade, retired U.S. Army colonel. Uh, his work at townhall.com is some of the most popular stuff that gets written uh, over there. And uh, I, I've known him for years. We've done stage work uh, together, shows together, speaking engagements together, all sorts of things. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. We do have different ways of of achieving the the same goal we certainly have uh over the years developed our own way of engaging these conversations and the the writing that kurt does over at town hall the reason it's so popular is that he is this miraculously cutting guy uh when it comes to the written word and we were having a conversation about speaker of the house and does it matter who gets picked as speaker does it even matter to it it's got to be jim jordan no it's got to be steve scalise good lord if, if everything is going to be uh, constrained by by Matt Gates and a conversation about Ukraine, well, then what does any of it really matter? It was the Ukraine conversation that we got into that I want to want to share with you a little more in depth because he is 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 not opposed to supporting Ukraine being victorious. He seems rather opposed to how we spend the money. I'm very okay with giving them bullets. I have issues with saying, okay, now we're going to pay for the health insurance for uh, the, the people of Kiev. No, no, no. We, we, we give you bullets to help defend yourself against this, this Russian onslaught. One of the things that Kurt got into, and I wanted to share with you, he, he does it in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a funny way, is that you know not everything is where it, where it seems to be on the surface. Now, in, in, in this regard, I think Kurt and I have a bit of, of, of disagreement, but I want to share with you a, 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 a different point of view where when it comes to the history regarding Russia and Ukraine, there are things we don't necessarily understand and you wouldn't understand if you were, unless you were a student of history. Not everything is how uh, some people tell you in 2023. Historical context, and, and I believe this to be true, matters greatly. Kurt Schlichter, you can find him at townhall.com. His latest book, Overlord, you can find at amazon.com. Here's the way Kurt Schlichter put it when I asked him about the objective in Ukraine. What if I were to say to you that the objective in Ukraine is just to annoy Putin and make sure that he isn't on any other NATO borders, which makes our life easier in the long run? Is that not an acceptable plan? Well, that's a plan. Now we now we have to look at whether that's uh, going to be successful or going to be needed. I'm, I, you know, the the idea that Putin is going to risk war with NATO by invading Latvia, Lithuania, or Estonia, which are the ones he's actually bordering on, really. I mean, a little bit on Poland. Uh, I think it's just laughable. I just don't think he's going to do it. What what he wants to do? I mean, they, look. This whole thing between Russia and Ukraine is like a thousand-year beef. You remember? You've seen Goodfellas, right? Please. Okay. Remember when uh, uh, De Niro's on the phone? He's the Irish guy, and he's with Henry Hill, and he and he gets the message that uh, Joe Pesci's got shot through the head. Yeah. And yep. he like banging the phone, and and uh, Ray Liotta says. Hey, it's all real grease ball stuff. It's uh, it's between uh, between the Italians. You know, we don't know what we don't understand it. 
we don't understand the Slavic stuff. We, we, we don't understand this stuff. And look, us imagining we understand the relationship between Ukraine and Russia, which is not simply good guys and bad guys. Let's be clear. Uh, there are, there's thousands of years of history here. There's geography. You know, most of eastern Ukraine is full of ethnic Russians. Again, I'm on Ukraine's side, Tony. I like Ukraine. I don't think you solve problems by invading another country, or at least not this kind of problem. But it's not so simple as good guy, bad guy. And that's how it's being faced by the same foreign policy establishment that has failed for 30 years in everything it's done. We're supposed to just trust them that but they're going to get this right. But is Ukraine funding supposed to be the linchpin, the litmus test by which the Republican Party moves forward with a speaker and with and with policy? And it if you're not, it, is it? It may be because it really represents uh, the the changing Republican Party. You remember Republican Party of 20 years ago was very hawkish. Then we had the uh, war on terror, which was utterly botched. Uh, we had a bunch of people, primarily our people, right? Conservative, traditional Americans coming home in boxes for nothing. We watched everything fall apart in Afghanistan. And now we're being told, well, just trust us. We're going to get this right. You know, we're going we're gonna to say, we, we, we've got a new war to come. Look, it's not that uh, Republicans are, are pacifists. We're not. We're Jacksonians. We, we will fight with a reason. But the, the reason in Ukraine to settle this, this, this squabble? And, and again, you know, we're minimizing it. No, this is a dispute between Ukrainian, ethnic Ukrainians and ethnic Russians. Okay, it just is. And... You know, we want to jump into it, uh, uh, putting our own paradigm uh, on top of it as if as if it's going to fit our very narrow world vision. That's ridiculous. You take a look at where they're going to be. They'll all return on Tuesday and they'll start voting on Wednesday. If you're a betting man, Kurt Schlichter, Jordan Scalise or Trump, or is there is there a, a dark horse waiting uh in, in that newly uh, potential voluptuous beard of yours, <laughs> I think uh, I think we will see. Uh, uh, I, I I think it's most likely Jordan. I don't think it's Scalise for among other reasons he's fighting cancer right now, mm. and I think I think a lot of people in the Congress who would otherwise go for him are going to say, you know, Steve, you're a great guy, and he's a he's a fine guy. You know, you you need to focus on your health right now. I mean, the guy's already gotten shot by a mad le leftist. And that's hurt him. He, he I, I think a lot of people are going to go, look, we like you, but we need a guy who can give it 100 uh, percent. Don't count out a, a dark horse out there. There may be Patrick McHenry, the guy who booted uh, Pelosi and Steny Hoyer. He right. may be a compromised candidate. There may be someone we haven't thought of. Nancy Mace may walk over to the Democrats. Watch for this happen. Walk over to Democrats and say, I can bring 20 Republicans. And we can elect me. I'm not a Democrat. I'm a Republican. I just think like a Democrat. But don't count that out. That could absolutely happen. Power is power and deal making is is deal making. Uh, the book, Kurt Schlichter, is Overlord. It is the eighth book in the Kelly Turnbull uh, series, which is this dystopian, but in our real world reality of what happens when 
when the woke becomes a lifestyle and becomes forced uh, upon people, uh, the eighth book in the series, what can we expect from Overlord? Oh, action, adventure, guns, dogs, making fun of liberals. Dude, it's got everything except feelings. You won't find a damn feeling in the whole book. Is that right? There's no hugging. What? No one talks about, uh, I had a lot of issues with my dad, none of that crap. Who's the inside spoon? Has anybody been traumatized? Nothing? Nothing. No one's no one's traumatized. No one's got a, a you know a lot of uh, PTSD. No one's got a lot of trauma. Everybody's locked and loaded. There's guns, lots of guns. Lots of helicopters, communists. Can a communist fly? You'll find out. Honestly, if that's not in the back of the book, there's lots of guns. There's lots of guns. <laughs> that is that is joy. Um, I started this by asking you, Kurt, uh, about your uh, piece on on uh, Matt Gates. You you had written over a town hall. What do Matt Gates and his hair actually want? And I I had shared with you earlier. I want to share it again. This this quote from Matt Gates. Listen, have you spoken to former President Trump about this since the ousting? Was he supportive of the of what you were doing? Uh, I have spoken to President Trump over the last several days. The ousting only occurred several minutes ago, so we haven't spoken during that. President Trump, though, put on he put on Truth Social that he didn't think this was a good idea. He didn't want to see Republicans fighting with other Republicans. How do you respond to the former president? Uh, I I would uh, I would say that. my conversations with the former president leave me with great confidence that I'm doing the right thing. Doesn't that statement from Gates leave everybody with the thought that he doesn't think for himself this is all just Trump from behind the scenes like Obama wanted to be with Joe Biden and others, a dream sequence? Doesn't it, doesn't it smack of that? No, Trump wants nothing to do with this. That's why he's, that's why he's attending his trial. He wants nothing to do with it. He knows it's a potential problem. He doesn't want to get, he don't want to get on the bad side of the Gates guys. He don't want to get on the bad side of the McCarthy guys. By the way, he supported both of them. Uh, He has no control over it. There is no upside for Donald Trump weighing in on what's happening in Congress. None. That is Kurt Schlichter right there. The book you're going to want to pick up 27 copies. Overlord, available at Amazon.com. Uh, get the entire Kelly Turnbull series. There are eight books. He has other books. He likes to write. He's, he's, he's a fan of the written word. I'm a, I'm a scribe. It's one way to describe him. Kurt Schlichter, find his work at Town Hall, as I said, and the book Overlord, available at Amazon.com. Uh, I... I appreciate Kurt's perspective. I I appreciate whether we're talking about Ukraine or we're talking about uh, who who the speaker is. And and it's not that we always agree. It's it's just you want to hear from people who are on your side who just have a different idea of how to get to the place. It's just a different idea of how to get to the place. Um, It's important to me. Uh, that that we note that if Ukraine is the litmus test by which we determine a conservative, I think we're screwed. Because I don't think that the value of it, as Kurt talked about, you know, a new Republican Party that now abandons the concept of of of, of foreign policy. The foreign policy is it's your problem. Have a nice day. 
I only ask the following question. Just like this conversation regarding McCarthy and the speakership, have we thought through what it means? Have we thought through what it means down to the end position? What does not supporting Ukraine mean? And if we are now going the other way and saying, we just want to know where our money's going. We just want to know what the goal is. The goal is to destabilize Putin and have him removed from office. I'm not saying that is the goal. I'm putting it out there as the possibility. Would that be good enough? The goal is to ensure that Ukraine can live as peaceful and prosperous a life as possible and put down this rebellion over time. Is that rebellion? Uh, attack? Invasion? Or is, that, is, is that it? The goal is to kill every Russian man, woman, and, tr- and child and make sure that Vladimir Putin is set on fire on television. My point being that there is no goal that would mollify. And that is, to me, a unique sign of something that I do not know if we are really okay with. Do we really understand what it is that we're saying? If we're saying, Ukraine falls, Ukraine falls, ain't my problem. Do we, wanna, do we want this? Now, you say to me, Tony, I don't think it's a question that we want it. But rather, we don't want to be the people who pay for it. Let Europe pay for it. What if Europe paying for it is China paying for it? We already know that China has massive investment in African nations, not because they care, but because they want to own the nation. What do they do? They build the airports. Then they control the airports. And they'll decide what gets out and who gets what and what, uh, what minerals and, and rare earth minerals and, and, and other uh, uh, precious things that they can extract from these nations. Building whole rail systems in South America. Why? They don't want to buy American soybeans for their hogs, which is the entirety of how they feed their people. They don't want to give us the money for what they desperately need to feed them. And therefore, they're buying uh, love in, in South American countries. And yes, they're desperately trying in Europe. China would play both sides of the fence. China would buy oil uh, and natural gas from Russia while then giving money to European nations uh, to, to ensure safety and security. Oh, sure. Absolutely, they would. That's my take. I mean, my take comes from the idea of communists will do whatever it is that needs to get done that where they think they'll get an advantage and then they'll turn on somebody when they have to because their only loyalty is to themselves. They have no friendships. That's not how communists work. All communists lie. So, of course, I, I believe that they would, they would do this. Do you want China to be in that position where people are getting the money from China and not the U.S.? Well, if that's the case, now we're only paying people out of, out of a fear of what China might do to keep others close. Maybe. When we talk foreign policy in these black and whites, it's not always black and white. The only black and white that exists is that the United States ends up better off and the enemy ends up worse off. That's it. This is why people like Barack Obama were so terrible on foreign policy because he wanted to apologize for American strength and might. I won't do that. He thought that America was too strong. I don't believe that, and I don't think you should either. 
There's more to this than just, well, I don't want to spend the money on it. And I think we should be honest about the conversation. And if we need to set a goal, that's fine. I'm good with setting a goal. What is it? What is it? I'm Tony Katz, and this is Tony Katz Today. Said that um, I, I have to look at the, the uh, comments. I have not seen them, so I want to make sure I, I read it within context. Uh, but we have talked about the border wall here in in general as as a way uh, that uh, it's been used in, in a, to, to you know to to close the border, and we feel that it is a policy that doesn't work. And it's not just us. Uh, you know, experts have said that uh, the border wall is not uh, is not an effective policy. Yet there's the Biden administration building the wall. That was Corinne Jean-Pierre in 2021 telling you from the briefing, from the podium, that a border wall doesn't work. Yet the Biden administration in 2023 upsetting the environmentalists and the political left says it is a must. We have to build the wall. My gosh, what has changed? Well, you know. Greg Abbott sending buses to New York and Chicago and Martha's Vineyard in D.C. That's what's changed. The country feeling the problem, not just Texas. That is what has changed. And good, I have got the full story coming up. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. This is Tony Katz Today. Today.